Wings Things podcast uh, today. All right. So this podcast, if it's just popping up for you, it's another soccer one. And if you uh, got here for a reason, let's get right into it. Mark Geiger is a name you may know if you follow soccer, uh, especially American soccer. He's uh, a referee and he did the World Cup in 2014 and he was able to do some 2018 games this last summer. He refs some World Cup games, the furthest one being the England-Columbia match. Uh, Columbia-Greece in 2014, Spain-Chile in 2014, France-Nigeria around to 16. This year he did Portugal-Morocco, uh, South Korea-Germany, and Columbia-England. So we're going to cover a few things with Mark real quick. And uh, he's also, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this book he's a part of with National Geographic Kids. It's an absolute expert series. And they do a bunch of bunch of different things. It's you know kind of a book you'd find in your in your elementary school library. And this one's on soccer, and he contributed. So we'll ask him about that. It is a cool book. If you got kids and they like soccer, uh, I'm I'm not getting paid to talk about this. I just I'm looking through the copy they sent me. I would I would get it. A absolute expert soccer. If you have kids and they play soccer, get them this book. That's that's what I'll say. As far as Mark, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. Uh, I'm going to try to press him and see how much money he makes doing a World Cup game because I'm really interested. I've been a ref most of my life. I refed uh, as a kid growing up soccer, and then I did high school games and some college. And when I moved to lacrosse, I kept refing, and it was a way to make money. And you get the amount of money you get for refing is more than you should get, typically, I find. So we'll press him a little bit on that. I want to ask him about the instant replay kind of stuff, the VAR, and if he likes that the human element is being taken away in sports a little bit. And then maybe I'll talk to him a little bit about the things I always rant and rave about, promotion relegation, MLS, how much it sucks. Uh, We'll talk to Mark Geiger about that as he refs in MLS and was a one-time MLS ref of the year. So we'll see what he talks about there as we talk with professional referee, Mark Geiger. So you did the World Cup four years ago, and then this year you refed, if I'm not mistaken, three matches, including England, Columbia, and that is such a thrill. I got. Can you just? I've refed at like a high school and sort of college level. Would I even understand how to ref a World Cup game? I mean, just the thrill that that must be for you. Oh, the game's the same, you know. It's uh, whether it's uh, kids or high school or or the professional international stage. And the fouls are the foul. The difference is the speed at which it uh, the ball moves and the speed of the physicality of the players, and then the uh, the magnitude of each decision that we make on the field. But the the fouls are the same. So yeah, I know that uh, there's you know U12 parents around the country that act like their kids are in the World Cup, but to <laughs> to do it at that level. You started refing, do I have that right, in 1988? Yeah, I was 13 years old when I took my first test. So did you play soccer as well? Or, you know, you think that somebody getting into soccer that likes soccer might take the route of playing soccer. When did you realize that it was the officiating that you were more interested in? Yeah, well, I started when I was six years old as a player, and uh, I played up through high school. And for me, it just, I was not going to advance and play in college, and and little nagging injuries uh, here and there. Just and I, and I knew I wasn't going to be a professional player either. So, uh, and I enjoyed refereeing. You know, I started that when I was 13 years old, just to make a little bit of money on the side. And when I realized there was so much more out there 
uh, for soccer on the professional side. MLS is getting started when I uh, when I finish college, and I made it a goal of my mind to uh, to referee one game in MLS. And if things went well, then maybe I got a second game. If not, at least I can say I gave it a shot. But um, as I was moving up, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked being out on the field with the players, and I was hoping it would take me as far as I can go. How would you say, because you have gone as far, I mean, you've, you've been to the World Cup. Obviously, the World Cup final would be the end-all, be-all, but you've done a, a knockout stage in the World Cup here this last round uh, being another one of them. How do you, how do you like, advance? How do, how do you get better? Is it just practice and people notice you? Do you apply? How did you end up from the, the goal of, I want to do one MLS game to I'm refing in the World Cup. Yeah, it's it's very similar path to uh, to that which a player takes. Um, you start off doing the little kids, and then you get seen on the right game by the right people, and they they test you in bigger and better matches. You know, so you go through your state cups, your regional championships, uh, national finals, and then hopefully you get into into the professional ranks. But it's really just being seen by the right people at the right time and on the right game. Mark Geiger, now you've helped write a book, uh, Absolute Expert Soccer, and this is for kids, National Geographic, and I'll touch on this with you uh, in a minute. Uh, I, I found it interesting. I wanted to talk to you because the refereeing is something that uh, I've done throughout my life, and I do enjoy it. There's something about you know being able to be in the action, and, and it's not that I want to have the power or control it, but it is, it is a neat <laughs> thing. So I've always wondered... Because I've refed the highest level. I used to ref high school, so you get you know sixty bucks for a head, and then thirty five for a line, whatever. How much do you make in the World Cup in a World Cup game? How much do you make? Uh, it's 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 a good monthly salary, that's for sure. But with the amount of time that we put in, it's uh, it, it's not about money. You know, you you're trying to get to the very top, and and you're there. And if they paid us absolutely nothing, I think every single referee that was there would still. Say yes, I, I, I accept the the invitation to go. But uh, you, you're paid pretty well, and in the U.S. with Major League Soccer, the referees all have full time contracts. Uh, so it's something that you can truly make a living out of right now. Okay, so it's like a yearly salary, and not because I the only for, way I've ever gotten paid as a ref is correct. okay. Because the only way I've ever gotten paid as a ref is before the game. I better get my sixty bucks, or I ain't doing this game. <laughs> uh, yes. Exactly, but with uh, with Major League Soccer, we we are full time referees. And then in the World Cup, it's not like the English coach has to pay you half, and then the Colombia coach no. pays you the other half. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, so you get the the yearly salary from MLS for one World Cup game. Can you tell me what that payment is? It's it's you you get a um a a monthly fee like the fee we got was okay. $20,000 and then there was uh money on top of it per game based on which position you were on the field. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the center guy gets more than the lines. I just, because a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause lining, I always like lining the college games cause I just run up and down, maybe call off sides, get 80 bucks. That's real easy. <laughs> I, I like to tell kids too, when I was, uh, I've been involved in soccer in a lot of different ways. And so I was a referee coordinator in Fond du Lac for their club. You don't know where that is, but it's in Wisconsin. Um, but I like to do that because this is a good way for kids to be active. And I, I always thought, hey, this is a good way to make money, you guys. I mean, you could ref these games and make sure. a little bit of money. 
Absolutely. I always thought well, it was... you know, you're building uh, interpersonal skills also. I mean, as the games get more difficult, you need to connect with people out on the field. So, it's, I mean, it's not just about money, but they're getting social skills, and it's a, it's a really good benefit for the kids. Now, as a 12-year-old, when I first started refing, Mark, the allure also for me, instead of the, you know, 10 bucks, was I was I was in power. So when I was younger, that is what I liked. And I, I just dreamed of yelling at an, or a coach, and I, I dreamed of that power. And I quickly <laughs> learned that that is the wrong way to go about things. You at the World Cup, Alexi Lalas was talking about you a little bit. I don't know how much of that you caught about maybe the lack of respect other people might have for American refs. Mark Geiger isn't a referee at the World Cup. He's an American referee at the World Cup. And because of his nationality, he's receiving additional criticism for his performance in the England-Columbia game. And guess what? That's fine. Welcome to the life of an American in the world's game. As players, coaches, fans, media, and referees, we've always understood and accepted that we will often be treated and judged differently. We are tolerated, but underneath the veil of respect can be a layer of resentment and disregard that manifests at different times and in different ways. Our major sin? Coming from a country and culture where soccer isn't king. There is also a jealousy and fear that America and Americans are encroaching on the one thing that traditionally has been owned by the rest of the world, the one thing that the American superpower couldn't touch. But while this is the reality for Americans in the game, it is no excuse. We can't and don't play the victim. Life isn't fair and soccer isn't fair. Figure it out. In order to be good, you have to be great because you will often be devalued simply for being American. Factor it into everything that you do. You will get no benefit of the doubt. You will get no second chance. And your mistakes will be framed by your nationality. Mark Geiger, the American referee, is taking additional heat. But because he's American, he can take the heat. It comes with the territory. Did you find any of that in the World Cup, or is he just talking to talk? No, no, no. I think I think there's some credibility to what he says. You have referees that come from... I mean, there are soccer countries that are first world countries, and then there are soccer countries that are third world countries in terms of the sport. You know, soccer is a relatively new sport in the U.S. I mean, MLS has been around now 23 seasons, where as you go to England, um, the EPL has, has been around for many more years than that. So the, the culture in certain countries um, is a little bit stronger than, than in others. So there are going to be referees that come from certain countries where you feel that they're going to be stronger than others just because of that background that they're coming from. It really has nothing to do with their individual talents, but just the perception that people will have. How different is it refing a World Cup game than an MLS game? There's, in, in terms of the players and, and the speed of the game, it's not very different. You know, I still... There's a little bit more anxiety, a little bit more butterflies in the stomach before you step out onto um, the world stage. But I get that in an MLS game as well, is every decision that you make is is going to be very important. But um, you get a few more of those international stars in a, in a World Cup match than you may have in, uh, in an MLS game. But certainly the MLS game has improved over the years, and we do have some of the best players in the world playing currently in, in MLS. Do you notice uh, like a, an increase in skill or pace or what's maybe the biggest difference from what you notice from the players? Is it pace? Is it skill? Is it the speed of the game? 
it's it's all of it. The game has just grown so much in the past ten years. Um, in the beginning, in 1996, when MLS came around, there were ten teams. Now we're up to 23 teams in year 23, and next year we're adding another team, and we're getting bigger and better stars. And not just players that are looking to come over to retire over here. We're now getting players that are in their prime, coming from Europe, Central and South America. Um, and, and some of them are even younger than their prime. They're not even there yet. So uh, the, the overall skill and the attraction of MLS has gotten so much better over the years, and I'm looking forward to see what it's going to be like in the next 5 to 10 from here. I thought I read somewhere that everyone kind of unofficially learns English and that you guys all ref in English. Is that true? Or how do, otherwise, if you guys don't know the same language, how yeah. do you communicate with the players? Yeah, so all the referees must have a working knowledge of English because all our, our instruction is in English. So in order for us to have the same considerations and the same uh, consistency going out onto the field, it's important that the referees all speak some English. As far as the players, there's really no language that they must know. It just so happens that many of them do know English. But there are going to be some teams out there where it's difficult to communicate with them because, I mean, I speak English, obviously, and I speak a little bit of Spanish. But as far as the other languages, it's just not there. So you use whistle tone, you use body language, the expression on your face, the gestures with your hands to convey a message. It's like talking to your pet. You know, your pet certainly knows when you're upset with them by the tone of your voice, and it's the same thing with the players, you know. Um, even if you, they don't understand English, if you're saying something with a certain expression on your face, then the message is going to get across. As far as uh, your time in the World Cup, I, I believe you did three games in the middle, and then you assisted a few mm -hmm. on the, the video, the VAR. You did a few of those. Mm -hmm. Correct. Do you like that? I eight matches a total do you like that the implementation of the video and and the replay i have a hard time uh, d doing a sports show we talk baseball and football and i talk a lot about how if you're if you're in a game i think that the refereeing is another thing that you have to beat you have to beat the opponent you have to beat the officiating mm -hmm. good or bad you have to beat the weather and i like that there's a human element to the refereeing but i feel like we're getting more Away from that, I know baseball they want to do. Some people want the robotic strike zones instead of uh, an umpire calling it. I think that it's good to get it right, but I don't want it to be where a robot could call the game. I think that there should be some judgment and should be some human element. So how did you adapt and how do you like the video implementation with the replay? Personally, I love it. I mean, the human element is still there because we are – um, we're only implementing VAR in a limited number of instances, to those direct red cards, the penalties, the goals, and mistaken identity. So most of the fouls that happen or most of the situations that happen on a field don't fit into one of those categories. So you still have that human element. You still have that interaction and management that the referee is going to have to have with each of the players and, and the team. So that's all there. Uh, one of the worst things for a referee is to go home, put in the, the video of the game, rewatch it for learning purposes, and see that you've made a wrong penalty decision or you've incorrectly sent off a player or didn't send off a player that should have been. So this is going to correct those game-changing decisions. And it's interesting with the statistics all around the world, there seems to be a lot of consistency that VAR is only being used one time every three games on average. 
So we're not getting a lot of interruptions in the match, and it still has the same flow that we're used to seeing in soccer. Tell me about the book that you helped uh, contribute on and write. This is a National Geographic kids book. Uh, paging through it here, mm-hmm. I, I do have a copy. It looks like it's a it's a good sort of instruction to the game, not just for kids, but with the origin here and, and a lot of different rules. And I think it's a good refresher. And even for somebody who's been around the game like me, I think I'll enjoy taking a look at this. Yeah, so The Absolute Expert is a series that's put out by National Geographic Kids. Soccer is the first book in the series. And they're picking topics that a lot of kids in the U.S. and Canada are familiar with and enjoy being a part of. Um, In my part, there are two authors or two people contributing to each book. There's an author for this particular book. It's uh, Eric Svei. And then there's a quote-unquote expert in each of the books in the series. So I was the expert for this series. My uh, contribution was to write the foreword, the introduction to each of the four chapters, and then as I read through Eric's writings for the chapters, I would uh, comment and make little snippets of, uh, from my experiences on the different things that he was talking about. In this particular book, there are four chapters. It does go through uh, the game itself, learning about soccer. Then it goes through the origins of soccer all the way back 2,500 years. Uh, we talk about soccer around the world and the passion and the energy of the spectators and how it's seen in the world stars, and then finishes up with soccer in North America, talking about the uh, the men and women uh, soccer stars that we have in USA and Canada. So it was a really interesting book for me to be part of. I learned a lot, especially when talking about the origins of soccer. There was a lot in there that I was not aware of. So even for adults, this is something that uh, I think they'll find interesting. Mark, you don't have to – I don't know if you can comment or, or what. Do you have opinions on promotion relegation in America and if they should do a winter schedule in the MLS? If you can't comment, I cannot include this in the podcast. <laughs> no, it's, it's for me, I mean, I, I like the system that we have. It has uh, benefits and it has some drawbacks as well. And that's going to be the case if we move to a, a winter schedule, if we move to promotion relegation. You know, it's uh, culturally, it's something very different than we're used to here in the United States. So uh, I don't know how it would work, but uh, that's, um, I'm a referee, so it's not something I really need to worry about. It's just <laughs> go out and do the games that uh, that I'm given and I'm assigned. I would have to think your, your goal would be to do a World Cup final. Would that be fair? Uh, I think my World Cups might be done. I think uh, it's time for me to step aside on the international stage and uh, let the next person come through. I'm two World Cups, six games. You know, it's you're done. Awesome international experience. Well, I'm 44 years old at this point, so uh, I don't I don't know how much longer I'm going to go with uh, with the international stage. So, um, but I'm certainly happy with everything that that me and my team have accomplished over the past eight years. What would you look to do then after your officiating career is done? Well, there's there's so many options, you know. To I still want to be involved in soccer, whether I'm an instructor, uh, an administrator, an assessor. I uh, still want to work with referees and and develop the referees that we have here in the U.S. and in Canada through pro. And uh, but I can also always go back to teaching. So there's tons of options for me to uh, to stay involved and to uh, to uh, look forward to my future. Okay, I would say I would suggest there's a uh, we. We, our instructors for when we would do the research class for, for refereeing, mm-hmm. man, they were so boring. Mm-hmm. So if you could find a way to like liven those <laughs> things up, that would help. 
that that's my that's my career aspiration for you mark <laughs> the book <laughs> is right, cool I'll, I'll make sure people find out about this it's a cool book again it's from national geographic kids absolute expert and it's the soccer edition and a lot from mark Iger in there cool to talk to you for a few minutes man i i'm a referee i'm a soccer nerd so this is this was kind of fun and i appreciate your time all right thanks bart